Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Hi Mary. Hi Jesse. And we're talking about what people still don't get about KiwiSaver today, but first we are going to deal with another issue. A couple of weeks ago on the show, Mary and I discussed the idea of remuneration. Uh, total remuneration is this idea of, or new idea, a new way of looking at your workplace salary and arrangement with your employer. And we'll begin by going back to that conversation now. Here's what we chatted about a couple of weeks ago. Another um, one that I would re- a change I would like to see is the end of what they call total remuneration, which is a um, cumbersome name. But I think we've talked about it a bit before. But it's it's some of the some employers, and it tends to be big employers that usually do this, but not always, who take effectively take employees employer contributions out of the employee's pay. Mm. So you're paying your employee contribution of 3% of your pay and then the employer's taking the other 3% out Very of Very against pay the spirit well. of KiwiSaver. Look, I think it is. And the the employer's argument is that they want, they want to treat people in KiwiSaver the same as people out of KiwiSaver. They've got other employees who, for various reasons, perhaps saying they can't afford KiwiSaver, are not in there. And and for those people, those people are saying, well, we should treat them all the same. So if we're going to put three percent into employees' pay, Kiwi save, that's not fair. So if we take it out of their pay, then we're treating everybody equally. But I am, especially if if we brought in my proposal of having a one percent option, a one percent where it grows from one to one point two five, etc., then it gets pretty hard for employees to argue that they can't afford KiwiSaver. I mean, currently there are people who say I can't afford three percent, and that is sort of understandable. Although I think a lot of them could be challenged on it. Some can, some can't. Mm. But um, I would like to see it ended. It was ended, the Labour government allowed it and then ended it and then the national government allowed it and I'd like to see the Labour government end it again. Okay, so that was a couple of weeks ago on the show. Jeff Summers was listening. He's Deputy Chair of the Remuneration Authority and he emailed me and asked for a bit of a right of reply on this and so we've invited him into the Wellington studio. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Jesse. Hey, what's your objection? Uh, Well, could I just correct something you said before. You said total remuneration was a new idea. It's been around for decades. It's not new at all. Um, it's it's only new from the point of view that people are talking about it with KiwiSaver. Um, there is a problem with KiwiSaver and total remuneration, but it's actually the opposite problem to what Mary identified, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Um, total remuneration means that the person's salary and benefits is aligned to an external salary survey at the total remuneration level, which will always be much higher than the base salary level. That's because they're being given a a bunch of money to cover the benefits that are paid to jobs of that size in the marketplace. So the underlying principle is actually fairness and equity in that um, if Mary and I work for the same employer doing the same job, I might get a bunch of benefits and Mary doesn't, so Mary gets a whole lot more salary than I get. But the cost to the employer of employing both of us is the same. Now, last time Mary 
correctly identified that the government made a complete mess of KiwiSaver at the beginning by having it in total REM, out of total REM, and then it was allowed to be a personal grievance. Um, it was a real shambles. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with it is that if we're on total REM, then I'm being paid enough to salary sacrifice the employer contribution. The difficulty for me is that that means somebody who's not in KiwiSaver is being paid in cash the money that would otherwise go to KiwiSaver from the employer, so they're being incentivized to not be in it. So what actually happened uh, in the marketplace when all that mess happened, I was um, a member of a large remuneration consultancy at the time, we changed all our surveys so that they now produce total remuneration including KiwiSaver and total remuneration excluding KiwiSaver. So what employers can do now is say, we're going to um, align to excluding KiwiSaver and all the hundreds of clients that I had all did that, um, which means that um, the pers- that company pays KiwiSaver on top of total remuneration, which will achieve what Mary wants. And it doesn't incentivize people to not join KiwiSaver. Um, so I think that's that's the, the the answer really, because remuneration companies will provide that data. Um, throwing out total remuneration is is throwing the baby out with the bathwater, because there's a whole lot of other aspects of total remuneration that. Um, it, it, outside of KiwiSaver that a lot of employees want yeah. and use. And so that yeah. people know what you're talking about, give us an example of one of those. Might it be like trading a week of leave for the extra money, that sort of thing? A- ab- absolutely. Yeah. Or um, And some of the clients that I had when I was with that remuneration consultancy, um, they had um, like gym memberships. Yeah. So they'd, they'd negotiated a very cheap gym membership or um, medical insurance or insurance. or And, of course, it applies if you get a company car as well. Okay. Mary, do you follow Jeff's argument and do you have a response to it? I think my sin, Jeff, was that I didn't perhaps point out clearly enough last time that I was talking about to- total remuneration as it applies to KiwiSaver. Yeah. Because that, they're re- I mean, the... Commission for Financial Capability has come out saying that we should, there's a disincentive for KiwiSaver. The Savings Working Group in 2011, of which I was a member, said we don't recommend it be continued as applying to KiwiSaver. And as, look, I was working last year doing KiwiSaver seminars for a big employer, several hundred workers doing processing sort of work. An, an overseas company bought that company and just came in and said, we don't want to pay this KiwiSaver contribution. And so all the people in KiwiSaver were then just getting 3% less pay than they used to get. And they were saying to me in these seminars, I don't want to be in KiwiSaver. My wife's in it. She gets the employer contribution. I don't. It's out there in the real world. It's been used as a way for employers to do all kinds of stuff that they're not meant to be doing. Yeah, that's that's actually people wrongly using the remuneration system. And I'd have to say remuneration management is a whole lot more complicated than most people think it is. And there are people who completely misuse it. Um, the example that you just gave, um, I would say I never came across a single example like that in all the hundreds of organisations that I recommended 
um, remuneration to when I was working as a uh, REM consultant. Probably uh, what happened is the good employers hired yeah. people like you to get it right. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, and yeah. then it, it sounds like, and if those were process workers, then they probably weren't truly on total remuneration anyway. They were probably just on base salary. Yeah, I think and so. And so I agree with you if the employer then says you have to pay your key con. KiwiSaver contribution, that's robbing those employees. That's absolutely wrong, and um, that certainly is bad practice. Okay, so we'll all agree that we'll leave total remuneration as a concept alone and that it has a value. <laughs> we'll sort of agree that it maybe doesn't work in, uh, consistently as it applies to KiwiSaver, yep. although you know the sort of evidence might be different depending on where you work. And are you happy yep. that you've had your say, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Nice to absolutely. chat to you. Thank you so much for coming yeah. in. Thanks, Thanks very much, Jesse. Thanks, Mary. Bye. Jeff Summers, Deputy Chair of the Remuneration Authority, who wanted to uh, just add a bit more detail to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to stick with KiwiSaver because you found some interesting stats, Mary. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's so many surveys being done these days, you know. Um, I think it's a great way for a company to get into the news. But anyway, this <laughs> one was, was ASB Bank did a survey and found that... First of all, only 22% of respondents said they had a high understanding of KiwiSaver, and which is a disappointingly low amount um, at this stage when KiwiSaver's been around for more than 10 years. But the thing that really caught my eye was that when the surveyors asked people which type of savings or investment product gives the best return, they got... People, 20% of people said their personal home, mm. which is, you know, not a bad response. I'll go through the responses first and then come back to them individually. Perhaps 20% said their personal home, 17% said rental properties, 14% said term deposits, 11% only said KiwiSaver, and 7% said shares. Mm. So... Um, Hard to keep all those numbers in your head, probably, but but you did but, them in order, which people might yes, be able to remember, right? Yeah, and so KiwiSaver only eleven percent said KiwiSaver, and that was beaten shockingly by term deposits. Mm. We're asking which product gives the best returns, which I'm assuming people took to mean the highest returns, if they were taking into account. The volatility of returns mm. and that will then, I mean, that's one of the problems with these surveys, isn't it? That we don't always know what um, yeah. what's going on in people's minds when they're answering that. If they ask what is the best investment, for example, you know, we yes. really wouldn't know what they were, what they were commenting all. on. Yeah. No, that's right. But when they're emphasising returns, you know, I'm worried that people are thinking, uh, most people are thinking KiwiSaver doesn't have the best returns. Mm. And... It probably does. I mean, the the other ones, the ones that got the highest points were personal homes and rental properties. Well, looking at personal homes, that's a bit of a tricky one because uh, they, in a way, you don't, all you get on a personal home is the gain when you sell it. And you don't get anything like the equivalent of the rent that you get when you're renting, a, when you've got a rental property or the dividends you get when you've got shares, or the interest you get when you've got a term deposit. On the other hand, you get what the economists call imputed rent, which is basically just accommodation. It's, mm. it's like free accommodation yeah. in your house. And, and that, of course, Probably is worth, worth a about a thousand bucks a week in all. Well, <laughs> that's right. It's worth a heck of a lot. Um, so that makes... And, and then there's the added, you know, non-financial issues about having your own home, which we've talked about 
many times. Um, so I'm not going to debate that that some people said that was their best and mm. best return because in many ways it could be. Maybe they're um, really clever and they've been listening to you and what they meant is that the best return is to pay down your mortgage. Yeah, well, good point, Jesse. yes. I mean, as we say, who knows what was going on in their heads. Mm. But um, now the second highest was rental properties and that one... You know, yeah, in recent years they've had fantastic returns in many rental properties. Um, You've had the rent and then minus expenses, but then people have had very good capital gains. Whether that continues, given that house prices are certainly slowing down around the country, is debatable. It, It comes and goes. It's like shares, both rental property and shares come and go in terms of their returns. Yes, I see that um, argument is continuing on the pages of your Herald column. Oh, yes. Look, it's perennial. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> it, it'll, I mean, every now and then I just say, enough of this for a while, and we, we go and talk about something else, yeah. like, like KiwiSaver, <laughs> um, or, or hopefully something different again. But, but um, yeah, I'm, so I'm not going to debate hard that 17% said rental properties had the best return. Fair enough. Um Term deposits, though, 14% said term deposits, and they they are a low-risk, low-return investment. They're a good investment. They're probably the best place to put money you're planning to spend in the next um, two or three years. If, if we're talking bank term deposits, they're safe, and they're, you, know, you know exactly what you're going to get back. You know exactly where you stand. And so they're good investments, but they're not high return investments. Mm. They're not, not giving you the best return. They're, it's the classic trade-off between um, low risk and return. And they're the low risk, low return ones. And so for more people to be saying term deposits had the best return, 14% said that, 11% said KiwiSaver had the best return. That's really disappointing. Um, because the thing with KiwiSaver is before... There was KiwiSaver. There were very similar funds out there to KiwiSaver funds that people could invest in. And they were, even then, without the KiwiSaver incentives, arguably as good an investment as um, rental properties. Mm-hmm. I had my, I've always had my money in managed funds, which are retirement savings, and they've done really well over the years. And so they're, you know, they're on, they're on, they're comparable with rental properties, really. But then along came KiwiSaver, and it's given us these extra incentives, which are the at the beginning the thousand dollar kickstart, which made it terrific. But even without that, we've got the tax credit of of fifty cents for every dollar you put in, up to a thousand and forty three dollars of yours, and five hundred and twenty one of the government's. Plus, for many people, employer contributions. Um, in most cases, despite what we just said earlier in our conversation with Jeff, um, and because you're getting that extra money, it really boosts KiwiSaver to the point where it's quite hard to come up with a scenario where you're going to do better than it. The individual rental, rental properties sometimes will. Um, but individual KiwiSaver accounts sometimes will too. In both cases, the returns are all over the place. But those incentives are just, you know, for most employees, their own money is getting doubled or more than doubled by employer contributions and the tax credit coming in. So 
people out there, you know, if, you, if, you're not, if you're not appreciating that, not so bad if you're in KiwiSaver anyway, it doesn't matter quite so much if you don't quite appreciate mm. what a good deal it is. But if you're not in there, it's really a pity not to be in yes, there. Yes, if you, if someone dies and leaves you $10,000, it would be a shame if you thought that the best place to put that for the next 50 years was in term deposits. Yeah, it really would. It really would. It, it's, it's, um, I'm actually just working for my Herald column um, on a response to a retired woman who's in KiwiSaver and wanting to go into turn her, put her money instead into term deposits. And it sounds as though she's a pretty conservative person. And so if if you really don't understand much about money and you're really cautious and you really freak out if your balance went down at all, um, even from, you know, 50000 to 49000 if that would freak you out, then maybe you should stay in term deposits. Mm-hmm. But, but you're not going to end up nearly as well off as you could be. And you're going to miss out on lots of lovely holidays and things like that, the bonus sort of stuff. If all you know is the return you get in your bank account, then term deposits would look slightly better, wouldn't they? Yeah, tend to look better because you tend usually get somewhat higher interest on term deposits because you're tying the money mm. up for a certain period. Um, so that's a there's trade off. There's always trade offs through all of this between tying your money up, not tying it up, tying it up long term versus short term, taking risk versus not taking risk, and it always, in the end, on average, balances out. Mm. This, you know, the, Milton Friedman famously said, "There's no such thing as a free lunch in investing," and 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 what he meant was whatever wherever you get wherever it looks good in one way, there's going to be a, a cost to that free lunch. The only exception which which Friedman did admit was the free lunch you get from diversification. If you mm-hmm. spread your investments over lots of different and I suppose assets. And I suppose time, right? Uh, I've got an advantage over you if I have 20 years to play with and you only have five years to play with. That's uh, Yes, of course you do. But that's not inherent in the investment. That's no. in... Your situation. No, but I suppose yeah. it takes some of the volatility out of a choice that you might make. Certainly, if you're planning to spend the money in a shorter period, then I highly recommend you go with less volatile mm. investments. Noting, though, that, I mean, I am quite a lot older than you, Jesse, but, but I, and I don't think you were meaning that personally necessarily, but at retirement, people often still have 20 or 30 years to go before they die. If they're healthy, it could these days it could well be 30 years. And so it's a real pity at that point to take all your savings and, and tie them up in term deposits or other low-risk investments when you could be leaving them in, say, say a KiwiSaver growth fund, something like that, that will almost certainly over, over the next 10 years grow your money faster. What was that first statistic you gave us about the um, the understanding of KiwiSaver? Twenty two percent of respondents said they had a high understanding. Now it could be once again, a lot of people might have thought, well, I understand it pretty well, but I don't have a mm-hmm. high understanding. But it was slightly lower than in their last survey. I think it was twenty four or twenty five last time. And so, mind you, that's the kind of thing that can just happen. Bumps around, doesn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this: How many people out there do you think? Think Kiwi Saver and Kiwi Bank are the same thing because I've run into a few oh, like have that. Have you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, government get, owned, yes. all sort of arrived around the same time. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a really good point. Mm. And of course, 
KiwiSaver is not government guaranteed. Mm. Kiwi Bank is government owned. Once again, your deposits in Kiwi Bank aren't government guaranteed either, though. Mm. They're not. This New Zealand government is, is not guaranteeing any deposits anywhere, well, except, oh no, I shouldn't say that, government bonds. Um, the, the full force of the government is behind those, and so. Um, they're not going to collapse unless the government collapses. We, <laughs> we, we've got more to worry about than our government bonds if yeah. that happens. But, um, if but, you are yeah. listening and you're thinking, all right, all right, Mary's convinced me. I don't belong to KiwiSaver. I've always sort of wanted to get around to it, but now I get it. It's the best thing to do with a bit, a bit of extra money. Um, then there are lots of places you can go to to work out which KiwiSaver fund is right for you which level of risk is right for you and, and a couple of those other choices that you have to make when you sign up for KiwiSaver. And the best thing to do is to go either onto Mary's website, maryholm.com, or to look back at the podcasts uh, that she's done with us on this Thursday afternoon and find one. It'd be pretty easy to search for something like which KiwiSaver fund for yeah, me, right? Yeah, but in short, the KiwiSaver fund finder on sorted.org.nz is, is the best place to go. Okay. Yeah. And that's a government thing, so you don't need to worry about getting wonky that's information. That's right, it's government funded, okay. yes. Thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure, Jesse. Nice to chat to you, Mary Holm, in each Thursday.